I'm partial to, uh, for example, NK and RK, like Irk and Ink. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, I get you. FL is wow. a good one. Like, if you take those two and put them together, Flarnk, you get, like, good comedy gold. <laughs> Flarnk is pretty good. It's funny. That's... I kind of like F and N together. Fna? Fna. Oh, that's exotic. Exotic. Sounds it's kind exotic. of Scandinavian. Oh, I, I want to go back to it for a second. You said there's a science behind this? I like, think so. This is someone's job? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's someone's job, but I think people have studied, like, the tendency of, you know, different languages to use different sounds for comedy purposes. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Hmm. I don't know the name of that science, but it should be called Fnarnkology. The science of, yeah, Hey, everybody, welcome to Ikinardi Podcast. We've got Matt Gibson. Holy hola hala. Who speaks his own language. And we've got <laughs> Eric Brockwitz. Hi, everybody. I feel like Hi. I should go first because his is way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> we usually go Eric first and Matt, and then Matt, kind of uh, alphabetical order. But I changed it up. Sorry. What? I won't change it up again. Is this, is this a change up episode? It's Changing It Up, the podcast. I'm Jesse Jace Thomas. And uh, <clears throat> my voice is somehow getting really gravelly right at the moment we need to start recording. That's not very nice. Mm, sexy. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like it's very mm. s- smoky. <laughs> um, hey, Eric, I heard a rumor th- uh, that you started to like Destiny this week. What? Who told you that nonsense? You did. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Uh, uh, yeah, it's got me. Like, Don't sound so dejected about it. No, it's just, like, I mean, I'm glad, because I'm glad I didn't waste $60. Right. Uh, and I'm glad because I can play with you guys and continue to have fun, since I'm kind of feeling done with Overwatch for the meantime. Oh, that's sad to me. I mean, I am I know, too, but... Uh, I know, like, maybe I'll come back at some point, but it's going to at least be a pretty decent break. I really want to, I mean, I really eventually want to go back to Overwatch, just because... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's a great game. I want to like it, <laughs> right? You know, uh, it's just all the anyway. Um, but you know, I I remember when the first Destiny came out, I was like, "Whoa, this is going to be amazing!" Finally, and kind of I didn't know any better word than like MMO ish thing that I might actually like because it's sci fi and shooting people instead of like weird animations of people trying to hit each other with swords. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I played the demo and I, the demo of Destiny 1, and I was like, this is bullshit. I hate this game. Mm. Um, so I never tried it again. Oh. Do you and remember what you guys, didn't like about that the first time? Oh, everything. I don't know. It just... Okay, so the fact... This is probably petty, but the fact that, like, I'll kill somebody, and then they'll spawn there, like, ten seconds later, is frustrating to me it seems very old the monster closet mobs yeah but like right Hmm. yes yes monster closets i dislike um just seems old you know and uh it wasn't very pretty and i found the systems to be kind of weird and difficult to understand and i i didn't have enough time to like get loot that was interesting enough for me to get hooked, mm. you know? And mm. this time, because you guys were playing it, I was like, ugh, guess I play it. And then uh, <laughs> I was, ha- I think I was, I started having fun when I was playing with you guys, but I wasn't having enough fun to play by myself, right? Okay. And then I finally hit enough interesting loot that I was like, oh, I understand! <laughs> and, uh, like, so two nights in a row, I stayed up later than I intended to playing by myself oh you had an Dark. epiphany yeah you had a destiny and so, i'm a little bit sleepy right now because of destiny okay but uh, anyway it's great yeah and is. matt is destiny all you played this week <laughs> um no oh good this is mm. interesting yeah <laughs> and unexpected yeah you're like oh actually but last week you also said you played prey a little bit yeah uh, what have I played this week? I've been playing Vostok Inc. What? Why do I not remember what that is? Yeah, I have no idea what that is. It's uh, it's by a, a company called Nosebleed Interactive. 
and they they did a game before called the hungry horde which i really enjoyed it was mm. like uh you were some zombies and you had to make more zombies and then kill stuff oh oh that sounds fun but it was fun <coughs> um so you you had like this group thing. I try, I can't try to think of other games that are like it. So you collect more and become bigger and bigger, like Katamari, kind of. Okay. But oh, it's not yeah. top down. It's like a. I mean, it's not like you're making a ball. You're just making a big pile of zombies. Oh, actually, that sounds kind of awesome. Hold on a second. It was uh, really fun, and I I loved it. And this yes. is their new game, which is like an idle. Cl- you know, like idle clicker games. Um, I know the phrase, but. So like you, you just do something and then, uh, and then you collect heroes and they automatically do it for you while you're away. Is this a oh. mobile game? No, it's on the PS4. Oh, but okay. um, they've combined that, so it's kind of like you you build structures that collect money, that make money, and then you collect the money, and the money's made while you're away. Yeah, that sounds like a mobile game. <laughs> But there's a, a twin stick shooter aspect to it, oh, which is really cool, and I really enjoy it. And the humor is really great. There was a really funny joke in it that just made me love it even more. What's the difference between a badly dressed unicycle and a smart bicycle? <sighs> a tire. A tire. <laughs> oh God! I was like, I'm sold on this game. This game rules. Such a dare. Yeah, right. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm loving it. It's uh, a really fun twin stick shooter with the stuff that people enjoy about like idle games. When you said idle games, I thought you were talking about like um, the idol master. Oh, like yeah, the sexy anime girls. Which also is what I would expect from a company called Nosebleed Interactive <laughs> <laughs> in Japan. No, they're um, they're from the Newcastle in the UK, I think. They're like oh. a two-man team or something, really small. Two guys? Wow. I, I think two or three. They might have got a bit bigger. Teams that small game. haven't made video games since, like, 1984. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's loads of them. <laughs> I mean, normally it's impossible to make a game with such a small number of people working on it, unless you want to take years and years. Mm. But there's loads of people now, like two, three, four-man teams, or even solo guys doing it. Oh, I know that, like... Undertale was made by one guy. Yeah, there's I always whole... thought that must be part of the reason I don't like Undertale. No, there's a whole bunch <laughs> of games that are made by one guy. There was a like a side-scrolling. What's that one called? It's like m- mine. What's it? Um... Oh, are you talking about Minecraft? Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, That's not I, made by I, one guy. I mean, it was. Yeah, but not in its current iteration. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Uh, Jesse, what have you been playing? Oh, so, okay, for the, um, you know, when we did our kids episode, mm-hmm. um, I needed some game footage, so I, I recorded myself playing um, Portal, Portal Nights, Nights. Yeah, I saw that. which I had to get back into, because after I bought it, I took a long break from it. I forgot how the game worked, and the, the footage of me playing is really noob-like, like, I didn't know how to use sharpening stones anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Portal Nights is... Um, it's kind of like uh, a little bit more RPG version of Minecraft. Um, okay. It's very kid-friendly. It's very, like, harmless game. Just cute little characters, you know, defeating slimes and skeletons and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, when I recorded that hour of gameplay footage for the podcast, I was like, yeah, this game's kind of fun, and I just kept playing it. And actually, some of this week, when I wasn't playing Destiny, I was playing Portal Knights instead. Hmm. Um, But uh, last night, I was playing Metroid Samus Returns (gasps) on the 3DS. How is it? It's uh, it's okay. It's got a couple things that are great and a couple things that are really not great. Oh. Um, For those uh, who don't know, it's it's basically like a reimagining of Metroid 2, which was the Game Boy Metroid that nobody played. Is that the one where, like... Like, Samus is, like, way too... The sprite is, like, way too big on the screen. Yes. Your field of view is tiny. Mm. And it's like, good luck getting through the game, because you never know where you are. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, like, a re... Like, a kind of a, a do-over of that. And so it's got the same plot where you go to SR388 or whatever it's called, 
and um, your your job is to like exterminate forty Metroids um, uh. that are all kind of different. Um, and I like that aspect of it. I kind of like that it's like you gotta, you know, you gotta check all these enemies off your list. Kind of reminded me of Crackdown, like where you'd go around and like there'd be all these crime bosses and you gotta eliminate them one at a time. Yeah. Um, but like it really needs uh, the ability to customize the control scheme. You can't oh, do it. Come on, man! It's 2017. Yeah. Like, what the hell? No, it's like it has a screen that shows you what the buttons do, and that gets your hopes up. <laughs> you see it, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I'll just edit the tap, tap, tap. wait, tap, tap. Nope, I can't edit that's, it." That's a thing that I I can't believe that we still have to do. It's like if if we had like a fixed camera or something. Yeah, like, and like, I don't. Yeah, it uses the shoulder buttons too much, which are really uncomfortable on the 3DS for me. Um, in the one of the you know the face buttons, like the buttons that are right under your thumb when you're playing, mm. one of those is a button for the uh, kind of controversial ability that Samus has called the scan pulse. Oh, the uh, that's the kind of easy mode thing. Yeah, it just shows you where all the secret stuff is, right? Like near you, and but some like, people want to play without that. Yeah, yeah. So like, but it's it's like it's the it's the A button or something. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's wow, a button like that's way too accessible. I kind of want that to be moved somewhere else on the controller so that I don't have to deal with the shoulder button so often. Because you use the shoulder buttons for firing missiles and mm. for aiming. You can aim in three hundred sixty degrees in this game. Like it's two D side scrolling, kind of two point five D, where it's like a two oh, D yeah. game with three D graphics. Oh, yeah. I actually. So, how's the 3D? Uh, I don't play with the 3D turned on. I heard that you should try it. I did at the beginning, but it okay. just hurts my eyes. I heard that eyes. there's some, somebody. I, was, I can't remember which podcast. I think I was listening to Podcast Beyond, and they were talking about uh, that, like, so they don't usually play with 3D on, but in this game, they were surprised, and it was actually pretty cool, and there was some cool stuff. Okay. Well, maybe I'll turn it back on. It, it does drain the battery faster, so I usually just turn uh, it off. But anyway, I'm happy to play a Metroid game, and uh, I like more than I don't like about that game, so mm-hmm. I think I can recommend it. Um, today we're talking about being a gamer in Japan. All three of us grew up in our home country. No, Matt, you didn't grow up in your home country. No, not really. What? He's an international I'm man an, of I'm mystery. A, yes, I'm an international. I'm a citizen <laughs> of the world. He's lost yeah. his mojo. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> so I wasn't really away from my like my culture. I was always around like English, British people, but okay. in foreign countries. Gotcha. Isn't like it wasn't there was some quote about like is there anything more British than growing up uh, abroad? <laughs> It's like essentially the the bedrock of your culture. Yeah. How empirical of me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Eric's from Philadelphia? 215, baby. All right. (laughs) And Um, I grew up mostly in Wisconsin and also a little bit in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Oh. Um, Okay. But the point is, none of us grew up in Japan. We all moved to Japan... I mean, I think I like to think that I have grown up since I moved to Japan. Uh, yeah, I've grown right. down. I, well, I, <laughs> is that a church? I've grown out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I. Uh, I've I grown mean, like in. I'm clearly a better person than when I moved here, so that's nice. But uh, I have no childhood memories at all. Really? At all? Japan. Oh, oh, oh yeah. No. And you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we all like moved here as. I guess uh, adults, legal adults anyway. Um, <laughs> I wasn't nearly as much of an adult now uh, as I was. No, I wasn't nearly as much of an adult then as I am now. I was 24. Which is still not saying tons. Uh, I mean, hmm. we're on a video game podcast right now. That's true. But <laughs> consider this. Games. We're in the perfect generation for games because like, they've always been marketed towards us. It's actually, yeah, that's entirely true. Like, they were marketed towards kids when we were kids, and towards teenagers when we were teenagers, and so on. Yeah. yeah it's so, pretty great. Uh, just lucky to be born at that time, I guess. 
Um, but being a gamer in Japan has its own like advantages, disadvantages, you know, quirks. So that's what I thought uh, we should talk about. And um, I guess I, I have a few like subtopics we can discuss related to that. Uh, one of them, I don't know the best order for this, but I was just, first I was going to talk about like the availability and selection of games. Yeah. Um, availability wise, do you mean like just what's available or when it's available? Like physical game copies? Both like how many games are available to you, but also like think about the number of places you can buy games. Right. I think that's different as well. At least for me, it is. Well, I mean, so one thing about Japan is like they still have Blockbuster here, essentially. Like, um, yeah. There's Sutaya, but there's also Gao. And Gale has video games. Um, the Gale near my place doesn't rent video games. No, no, nowhere no, rents video games in Japan. Yeah, they sell them. They sell them, and yeah. they sell them used, which is nice. Yeah. So I mean, for me, that's where I used to buy physical copies of things. Yeah. Um. Uh. Right. So there's the living in Japan. You've got to decide if you're going physical or digital, right? And. For me, going digital is what I've done, but uh, just to ensure that I get English copies of things, um, because you can't always tell if it's going to be in, if it's going to be in English when you put it into your uh, American PS4. Uh, we'll get to that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah. but also that means that uh, the PSN network, because I am using a, a US account. I need to have a U.S. credit card, which I do not. I have a Japanese credit card. Ah, so are you talking about region of, locking? Uh, I mean, it's I not guess. region locking. It's just it's, PlayStation it's just, being secure. I think. Right. They just don't want to accept credit cards on the U.S. account network from Japan. It's from Japan. Maybe partly but, security, but I think a big part of it is is marketing laziness, price, and that's where region yeah. locks come from. Yeah, I guess it, right. It's price control. And Which we can also talk about. It makes their weird. data collection easier. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so I have to go to like a separate website, pay them money for a code, and then that code I can use like a gift card on PSN, which is kind of an annoying dance that I've gotten really used to. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, it's because I don't buy physical stuff anymore. Okay. So you don't. Matt, do you, do you still buy physical games? I still buy physical. Um, I, I mean, I like both. I kind of don't like digital because they've got me over a barrel. Like, if uh, they ever decide to remove something from a store and I've deleted it, I can't get it back. Uh, no, 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 hold on. I think I'm pretty sure if you own it already. No, if it's only if it's on my PlayStation. If they then remove it. Xbox no, no, is better I, about that. Yeah. I was pretty sure that if it was in your library, they can't do it. Like, it's they have to keep it downloadable to you. But for how if, long? That's the thing, like a disc... And there's other things like, I don't know, like if they ever decide to do something, remove something. Like, I just don't really trust digital yet. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure, Especially but I remember when um, uh, when when Capcom and Marvel's tie-in like with each other, their relationship kind of em- ended temporarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, you couldn't buy uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 or 3 anymore on the digital store. Yeah. But if you had already bought it and you deleted it, you could re-download it. That's how I got um, MVC2 back on my Xbox... Huh? Xbox 360? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, but but your point is... I mean, yeah, not trusting them is, makes sense. Yeah, because it's like I, I have to, yeah, fully trust them. Yeah, right. That's true. But I mean, uh, the reason I have both is because um, release dates are weird. So oh. like, if I want to play, um, say, Far Cry when it comes out in February, straight away, I have to buy it digitally from my UK account. Or I can wait like two or three or four months for it to be released in Japan physically. Yeah, it's always so weird. Like when it like sometimes it's it's, you know, the same Instant, day. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's just like, I don't know, six months later, because... And if it's the same day, then I'm pretty confident that it's going to be English. 
and they might have just dumped some subtitles in somewhere for Japanese people. But usually, language—I mean, lately—language has been less of a barrier mm. than it was. Like when I got here, and I was <laughs> when I arrived in Japan, I was under the like <laughs> the misguided uh, <laughs> kind of thought that I would that I had I was done with console gaming. <laughs> and that I was Aww, not only was weird. I done with console gaming, I was only going to play handhelds. <laughs> so I came to Japan with a Game Boy Advance SP. Cuz that's what was new at the time. Wait, hold on a second. How long have you been in Japan? Uh, we go through this every time. <laughs> I know. I moved here in 2003. So Game Boy Advance oh, SP wow. was the newest por- uh, portable console at that time. Um so but that didn't last. And like after maybe I don't know, I think it was less than a year before I was like, no, I need another PS2. <laughs> and I bought a PS2. Um, but uh, at the time, you know, and actually still, Nintendo is not great with region stuff. They're, no, they're really, really like tight about that. So I would get these games in Japanese and learn Japanese from playing them that was completely useless in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, great, I can read the kanji for spear. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But nowadays, the the language thing is not nearly as much of a barrier. The only the 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 bigger um, influence on whether I buy uh, a Japanese game or its you know American counterpart or North American you know localization is like the the localization aspect other than the language. For example, censorship. Yeah, like tons of games come to Japan from overseas and are censored. Really? Oh, I, yeah. Uh, I bought the physical like, copy of uh, Until Dawn in Japan. Right. And uh, all, like, the murder death scenes, the screen just goes black. Wait, really? Yeah, it just goes black. They don't even try to, like, redo it or hide it or any other clever thing. It just goes black. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I went to YouTube to was... watch all the murder scenes because I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it affects the, the actual gameplay there was yeah. a there was a ps2 game called shadow of rome oh i know that game it is a gladiator game yeah. and it was really violent you could cut guys heads off <laughs> arms and whatnot and there were these like accomplishments in the game not accomplishments they were it was like the game's scoring mechanic was tied to different things that you do during the battle including uh-huh. cut off a guy's arm and hit him with it or <laughs> cut off a guy's yeah. head and pick it up and hold it up for the crowd to see you know, mm. these things would give you points, and then you get a score, which would affect you know, I guess what what stage you unlocked or something. I don't remember how it worked, but what I do remember was you couldn't you couldn't do that. You couldn't dismember body parts in the Japanese version at all, which meant you couldn't get those accomplishments, and it was actually harder. The game was harder to get a good score because you couldn't do it. That wow. Okay, it just, I did not realize that. I don't think I've ever run into censor- censorship issues, or I, at least I haven't noticed if I had. Japan uh, censors a lot of stuff, but then again, like I haven't. Uh, I you know, pretty early on, I stopped buying physical copies of things because uh, it was just a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, I ran into like the occasional really weird pricing thing. Like uh, I remember Mass Effect Two. Months after it came out, I could only find I couldn't find it for cheaper than a hundred dollars, and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, it's a good game, but it's not like in a, a it's not like they uh, it it wasn't like the extended edition or like the it didn't come with a statue or anything. It was just a hundred dollars for apparently just for the PS3 version. Yeah, the J- Japan version of the PS3. You're right. Yeah. Huh. And I was like. I, then I broke down and paid it because I wanted to play. Oh, you sucker! <laughs> I know, <laughs> but yeah, it was worth it. Ah, oh, so good. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, pricing's but, weird when you get into region differences. I'm not sure. Yeah, why. no. Um, well, oh, okay. sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say when I think uh, like video games and Japan, uh, the first thing that pops up to me is portable things. Huh. Uh, but I don't have so much, so much interest in portable games. It's and the second thing that pops up to me is arcades. Uh, I want to talk about arcades, but actually, before that, 
If you ride the train in Japan, Eric, uh, yeah. portable games are essential. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Remember when we were talking about Monster Hunter? Yeah. And I said everyone had Monster Hunter when it came out. Like, everybody had it. I mean, everybody who had a PSP was playing Monster Hunter. Or whatever that and was. Like, Monster Hunter 2? The other thing it? is, you see people with, like, dedicated video game, like, game, portable game systems in Japan pretty regularly, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's the only place I've seen, a, like, a Vita. I mean, I was, arguably like, less often now that smartphones are a thing. But true. still. But I feel like if you were to ride the train in Philadelphia, I don't think you would see all that many people with a, again, like, with a Vita or a, a DS sitting on the train yeah. playing it on their way to work. Partly because they're afraid someone will swipe it. Well, there's that. That's true. <laughs> Japan's a good place not to have people swipe your stuff, I'm just saying. Yeah, that is true. Except for your bike or your umbrella. Right. (laughs) But even then, the odds of it are way lower. Yeah. I don't know. My umbrellas get swiped a lot. Uh, There's a very zen... You know, if if the umbrella goes away, it was never yours to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) Umbrellas Um, just float in and out of your life. Like so many cherry blossom petals. And uh, like pens, markers, and lighters. They are transient beings. Hmm. They just move through the environment. No? Nobody? Just lighters, okay. definitely. Sorry, hold on. Yeah. I was distracted <laughs> by my cables. <laughs> no, I was like, I mean, <coughs> I, I am a well-known lighter thief. Uh, oh, I'm not a smoker, so I don't deal with that. But, I mean, it, it applies to pens and markers as well. Uh, there is a big shopping bag full of pens that I have accidentally collected over the years you put them in a shopping bag well i had to cl- uh, when i moved house and i cleaned all my crap uh i was like wow that's a lot of i pens. thought maybe you had them in a burlap sack that you yeah. would like sling over your shoulder while you wear a, a bandit mask i mean when i'm like going out i would do that yeah in your yeah. black and white but, like, striped in my shirt. own house i just keep them in a plastic bag okay yeah um but arcades uh, though yeah. I'm it's maybe the single greatest thing about living in Japan for me is the fact that right, arcades, like, are arcades are still a thing. They're still a thing. Like and they're not like a oh a it's not like a special thing. thing. Or, like in, yeah. in America right now, they're starting to have like, oh, remember arcades? We're gonna have arcades. Let's drink beer. And be uh, hipster and yeah. And like honestly that does sound like a good time. Um Right, yeah. Uh but like arcades are are not special here they're everywhere mm. and they have um uh they're targeted pretty equal like evenly at adults and kids you know well the whole spectrum yeah don't they? yeah it's pretty even i feel like when you go in there i feel like you see about maybe even more adults than kids i'm not sure I feel like there's some that are more kids and some that are more adults, and then uh, some that based are on location. more evenly yeah. split. But anyway, it's not weird to be a grown person walking into an arcade to have a good afternoon. Yeah. Or even just on your way to work. Mm. On your way home from work. From work, yeah. During your yeah, lunch break. Pretty good one. Most um, of the guys playing like games. Street Fighter 4, and yes, people still play Street Fighter 4 in Japan, are like... Dudes in business suits, who are really good at the game, by the way. <laughs> that I'm so happy that Street Fighter Four is still is still played in arcades here because I it's the last Street Fighter game that I was any good at. Where's the arcade that you loved to frequent? I feel like it was near Takanobaba. Me? Yeah, like there's some arcade with like where like the pros and semi pros. Oh, go. that's in Shinjuku. Oh really? Yeah, it's near the um, the southeast exit. It's Taito Station. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's another Taito Station in Shinjuku, but the east southeast exit one is the one where um, oh, I know you're talking. There are tournaments. The one by that big green peas um, pachinko place. Green peas. Yeah, there's a yeah, pachinko yeah, place with a giant that. sign that says green peas. But um, yeah, that's where once in a while um, you see professional players practicing. They have tournaments sometimes. Uh, that's where I played against Nemo. 
and got destroyed. Uh, destroyed. My my claim to Street Fighter Four fame playing against Nemo once. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, the my happiest memories from being like, I don't know, between ages ten and probably sixteen are all arcade related. <laughs> back in the US. I mean, back when arcades were awesome in the nineties. Like there was so much cool stuff to do and you didn't have to, you know, be escorted by anyone. You could just run around and do what you wanted to do. It was good stuff. Putting a quarter on a specific place of the, you know, arc, of the machine meant that you were this place in line. Yeah. Next thing. Yeah. Arcades right? were never really a thing in the UK. Oh, you poor soul. Yeah, I didn't really grow up with any kind of culture in it. Like, there were definitely some knocking about, but they were never everywhere. What did you and do? You played Quidditch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> played Quidditch. You played chess. <laughs> yeah, while, like, twirling your mustache. Yes. Smoking a pipe. <laughs> slapping, slapping the servant boy's bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, and here it comes. <laughs> um, but, uh... Yeah, I was always jealous whenever arcade machines came around, and I'd be like, oh, I want to play them. Wait, so where would you see arcade machines? You must have seen them sometimes. So, um, usually we saw them in, like, uh, motorway service stations, like, uh, uh, highway, for, for you Americans, what, what? highway rest stop. Highway rest stop, there you go, yeah. Yeah. Michi no Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes communicating in Japanese between English speakers is easier. <laughs> it, there are some, yeah, there are moments where it's just like, let's just, uh, it's easier let's just way. use this mutually understood language. Oh, wait, that isn't English. Shit, what? <laughs> right. But yeah, so you'd see them in, the, in service, service stations. Yeah, but right they right always right. cost so much money. Like, I don't know how much they were to play in America, but they were always like a pound in the UK, which is like a shit ton. That's like $2. Yeah, it's so stupid. 60, right? yeah. Holy shit. That's, that's, uh, that's far too much. That's too so much. That's, yeah. When I was a kid, it was 25 cents. Ugh. Yeah, a and quarter. then like when they started getting gimmicky, uh, it could be 50 cents. Yeah. I've even played ones that were a dollar in the US but like that was later right or like at Dave and Buster's which you know whatever uh, I don't know Dave and Buster's what wait what what's that I know I know Dave and Buster's what? because of it's always sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I don't watch show. it and Dave and Buster's is a magical wonderful place Dave and Buster's is an arcade that uh, it's kind. Oh, you think of round one, but a little bit higher class. Okay, <laughs> right. So, uh, and for Americans, the round one is David Buster's in Japan. No, you don't have to oh, explain that. <laughs> no, no, because they um, understand. Because you said one thing's equal know, to know, the I'm other. Just, sorry, just <laughs> uh, I mean, like, but they serve food there, and you can get beer, and it's a little bit pricier, and. They have like uh, bowling and stuff like that. Okay, but they charge by a card, and you have to, you have to like put money on. It. They're genius actually because they can incrementally increase the price of things. It's like ninety one point five cents, you know, uh, and you don't notice because you're just putting your card in and out. Yeah. Um, and uh, they can actually. There's a whole. There's a really good. Oh, I want to say, Radio Lab podcast or maybe it was 99% invisible about why Dave and Buster's and Chuck E. Cheese have totally different pricing ideas and how that affects uh, how Dave and Buster's uses their pricing to cut lines down so when like when a game starts having people wait too long they, they raise the price incrementally until that line goes down like until huh. o- over like weeks you know until they notice that the lines aren't regularly as long for that game and then everybody then it's you know hit the market equilibrium whereas Chuck E. Cheese always charges the same price for everything and people get in fights does Chuck E. Cheese still exist yeah and apparently fighting at Chuck E. Cheese is like a thing like (laughs) parents getting in fights with each other at Chuck E. Cheese is apparently pretty standard okay it's really naive of me but when you said fights I imagined kids getting in fights yeah no it's like parents like 
like I mean like adult the police kids, being called. basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but like the police get called to Chuck E. Cheese apparently like, you know, every week or so. We got a possible six, seven, nine at the Chuck E. Yeah, Cheese. Yeah. At the Chuck I mean, don't quote me on every every week or so thing, but like it was a surprising figure. Right? Man, okay. And, I don't know about that. I have I'm a snob about arcades and to me, Chuck E. Cheese is pushing that line. Like I don't really it, think it's it an is. arcade. I would agree, um, but they do have games yeah. that you pay money for, and anyway, that was a pricing thing. Anyway, the, the main point is Dave and Buster's is awesome, and it's a place to have your birthday party. But I also feel like Dave and Buster's doesn't sound like an arcade. Um, it is a place that has an arcade in it. Okay, a shopping mall right. is a place that has an arcade in it, though. Well, okay, but this is all owned by one, like. I know what you mean. It is. It's a building on the outskirts of town. Where you can go bowling and eat pizza and play, and there is a room full of games. I'm fighting nostalgia a little bit here because, like, my arcade experience as a kid was like in the mall. There'd be this one, you know, one uh, unit that was just video games and pinball games. Right. No pizza, no beer. But the thing about the thing about Dave and Buster's that's awesome is that they had all the best <laughs> games. So, like, if there's an arcade game that you're hankering to play. Um, it was uh, there. It's probably there, mm. right? Maybe, but everyone has different tastes. Like, who who decides True. what are the best games? But kids tend to have pretty similar tastes. Uh, not, mm, you yeah, know, who has newer, similar tastes. The new flashy thing was always at Dave and Buster's. Okay, anyway, whatever. I, I, that, my snobbiness is going to come through. Dave and real Buster's strong. is a thing. Um, <laughs> I had fun there when I was a child, and that's fine. Done. More, more, much more interesting than that. I think though is how. Japanese arcades are different from American arcades. Like, the diversity of games, I feel like, is... Or, I'm not sure if it's more diverse, but it's... There are different game types that I've never seen before in America. That's true. Yeah, the dance, the rhythm ones. Yeah, I mean, like, we had DDR in America, but it wasn't... It didn't dominate an area, you know? Right, because there's DDR and then there's every other music game with like crazy rhythm things. Mm. You see people doing things with their fing- with their fingers at lightning speed that you can't possibly understand. Yeah, because um, I mean uh, I remember Guitar Hero being popular in the West, but like here it's like DJ Hero drum, it's like oh all sorts of stuff. Yeah, try yeah. to find a like try to try to find access to watching a, a tournament of either like dj hero or poppin music uh-huh. um yeah. it's probably going to be all japanese contestants but um you see some virtuosic button mashing <laughs> yeah like, it's kind of intimidating it is like, it's crazy I walk through those areas i'm like oh these look like interesting and different and weird games and then i'm like oh no i can't do that yeah. i'm leaving like it's it's really intimidating. Yeah, the show. There's a cable show um, called Espo, which is, I guess, short for esports, that shows tournaments of different games. But a lot of them are music games, and uh, I'm I'm not interested in playing music games. But my wife and daughter and I will watch one of those tournaments and just be like, "Oh my god, look at this guy!" Yeah, <laughs> or actually, yeah, yeah. a lot of in those games, a lot of the best players are female. Like, there's a lot of really high level female players. And they've memorized these songs with, you know, thousands of button presses in them. Mm. It's just beyond my comprehension. Um, they even have it on, like, Saturday Night TV. Like, there's a a show run by the uh, Can Journey 8 group. Uh-huh. And they have, like, Taiko, that Taiko drum game. Taiko no Tatsujin. Yeah, and they have a competition between, like, real drummers playing oh, that game. Cool. Taiko no Tatsujin is the bomb. Yeah, that's the one that everyone can play. That's the one thing that like they will put near the front of the door of the arcade that you know. Yeah, all people from all ages and I can bang a drum. will come up and just beat on this taiko drum. It feels good to beat that drum too. Does man, gotta beat the drum. The home version of that game had nothing on the real arcade one because like it's just not the same thing to bang on a little plastic piece of crap yeah yeah Yeah. but the real one it feels good it's it's real good it's satisfying even though it doesn't vibrate like a real drum yeah if you beat it hard enough it does i mean if you strike it when the when the power's turned off it just goes it doesn't make a 
noise, yeah, like yeah. a taiko. But still, you're holding real life-size sticks. And you're just beating the crap out of something. Yeah, you're moving your That's arms great. as if it were a real drum. That matters. Yeah. Mm. Let's see. So wait, what other... So that's music games. What other interesting and funny... Fighting games, man. Fighting games. Fighting games, man. They have way more longevity here. Yeah. If you liked a game from back in the day, like Third Strike, right? Street Fighter 3. Street Fighter 3 Third Strike was like a lot of people's favorite Street Fighter game ever. A lot of people Mm. still say it's the best one. I was never any good at it, but... Um, I basically, when it came out, I was like, where's Blanca? He's not in it. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this girl? But it's Ibuki it's here, right? tried to play her. I can't. I'm not good at it. Not interested. But um, like Third Strike, you can still play Third Strike against other people. Easy in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of games that you'll see that you're like, oh, I remember that. That's a game still? Yeah. I like the uh, the, the like racing games that have like a f- like four chairs next to each other or eight chairs all put together and you get to just play with whoever's in the arcade yeah like so, the arcade mario kart yeah yeah right yeah it's lots of fun it's like oh that and if it's your friends that are with you it's like oh yeah we're all gonna play this game together sweet yeah i hope arcades never go away in japan like they have they will dwindled they will. a little since i got here yeah yeah, but I can't see them disappearing. I don't think so. There's like, they, if you go too to many like big a, ones. a mall or something at the weekend, that just swarms around. The card thing is quite popular at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, can you explain that? Because I was trying to think of how to explain it, and I can't. So there's like trading cards that also have like like icy chips or something in them or some kind of readable content and then you put them on the like the machines and then your characters play against each other and then the information gets saved onto the card but also like when you put the card down on these this like it's like a table that they play on right oh i mean there's all different kinds of versions of this thing there's those table ones that are like army kind of like rts kind of games and then there's ones where it just reads some information and then it kind of plays out. And but like when you put the card down, like you know, like you get like graphics on the on the screen. table or yeah. on the screen or whatever, right? Mm. Like it's not just like a card that you know you couldn't play the game and it be cool without the cards. The yeah, you could. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but also like you couldn't just have the cards and play on a table somewhere, right? Like. Like, you need the system to do all the cool, flashy things, right? Yeah. It looks really cool, but I don't know how to play it. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. That's, that's something I don't want to try to get into because no. too big of a commitment, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's probably just too yeah, much money. Right. And go. those card games are always on the floor of the arcade that I kind of avoid because it's like card games... Horse racing games, metal yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I don't hey, play hey, them. That's why Eric knows are, them. Metal games are amazing. <laughs> yeah, he knows them because they're on the great. same floor as the metal games. Yeah, Eric Brockwitz, metal, metal game games. connoisseur. That's right. On his uh, business card, they're. I mean, oh, metal game. Um, they're so good. Uh, it's such a. It's. I mean, I know what it's doing. It's you're paying to win at a game. That's all it is. Yeah, right? it's 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 the feeling of gambling, right? But you're if you stay, if you there, if you know the basic technique of the game, you're going to win. The like you get, metal game. You know, I've gotten grand jackpots all kinds of times where it's like you win three thousand coins, yay! And it feels amazing. No monetary and awesome. value. And then you, <laughs> what are you going to do with three thousand coins? Like you, all you can do is put it back into the machine. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Uh, you can you bank them and like you get can. a slip for a slip for you next can. time, yeah? Right, and I used to do that, and then I realized like wh- <laughs> I, I what? still have no purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I come back and you know it's I, I'm not I don't get the itch to like to to um, I don't need to like satiate my gambling desire that often, mm. you know? Oh, um, you know what I miss gambling no <laughs> when you were a kid did you ever play skee-ball for tickets 
Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. It's like if this allowed tickets, if this if I could get a prize, yeah. that would be awesome. Except that skee ball is skill based and this sounds like gambling, which is No, there is there is uh it depends on which game. There are strategies and skills involved. It's way less so than but like for instance, at Dave and Buster's, they have metal games and they're a lot simpler, but you do get tickets for it. Oh, and then you can trade those in for some crappy rubber, like wacky wall yeah, walker, like a little <laughs> like a new eraser. Yay! Yeah, eraser. I, but that, I mean, I miss the feeling of you know that I had when I was a kid getting those prizes because obviously they mattered more to me then than they do now. Like when you got so many tickets, they have to weigh it. Oh, I had count them. Really? Uh, oh yeah. I had I stacks that. of tickets left, and then the arcade closed. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so I couldn't use them, but I, I remember I was cleaning my room and I found these little like packs of tickets rubber uh, rubber banded together in like fifties. Oh, God, <laughs> so oh, many tickets, Jesse. I'm so sad. I'm so sorry. I probably could have got something legit like a squirt gun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that you've been waiting for all your life. <laughs> Don't want to think about how much money I spent to get all those tickets, yeah. but you know. So, like, other things they have, I know they have, like, UFO catchers, but those are just the claw. I don't know. They suck. The claw. The mm. claw. It, they, they, they suck. They suck even more in Japan than they suck in America. Because instead of three prongs, it's just two, like, loose, I don't know, weak, uh, what am I looking for? Spatulas that <laughs> try to get something. These, like, uh, okonomiyaki things. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's <laughs> fucking horrible. You watch people play. Like, I've done it a couple of times out of like, oh, well, I, let's see how. And they're like, oh, yeah, right. Wow, this is even more screwed than in America. But you see people sit there and throw, you know, $50 into these stupid ass. And they're, they're a dollar each try. Yep. A dollar. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sometimes $2. Oh God, yeah. it's so horrible. But as players' skill increases at UFO Catcher, you know the the game center clerk's skill at making it impossible to win also increases. Yeah, yeah. making it yeah. impossible to win, but making it look easy to win. Look like you, yeah. Which I will say that part I do admire quite a lot. Yeah. That's the skill. It's the, it's it's the carny. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the carny skill. You know, right? Modern day carnies. Yeah. Also, the some uh, UFO catchers have got kind of like elaborate past just the claw grabs the toy thing, where it's like really? you got to move this little pea shooter that's aiming straight down, and you got to position it over a hole, and if the, it fires a ball bearing into the hole, then you win. And it's like, oh. yeah, there's there are, like claw machine tech is kind of evolved in Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's next level. I remember one time uh, when I used to work in Matsudo, I went to this game center that had um, these big um, plastic uh, statues of Morrigan from street, uh, from Darkstalkers. And uh, I was like, that looks easy to win. So I put in some money and I won. I got it on like the first try and I was like, awesome. And then I looked and I saw that in that same machine there was another one that looked easy to win. And I put, <laughs> put money in and I won. I got two of them. And then I was like, okay, I need to break uh, this bill so I can play more, and I need a bag to carry these because I was going to take them and sell them. Um, I went to get a bag and to break my money, and when I came back, the machine had been unplugged <laughs> by the staff because <laughs> they were like, this guy's got the machine figured out. <laughs> so I went home with just two. Oh, oh that's hilarious. Sold them on eBay. <laughs> I guess that's a pretty good compliment, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, congratulations, you win. No more game. Yeah, no, no, no more, sir. You're done. Like uh, all those people in Vegas recently keep getting the jackpots on the machines, yeah? Is that true? Wait, what? Yeah, there's a bunch of um, like like 1.4 million jackpot, and then the casino's like, ah, no, it's a glitch. It's a what glitch. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's your glitch, so pay me, motherfucker. Like, I know, it's been in the about? news. It's been like three or four people, I think. When you I control the game, there's no excuse for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't turn around and go, oh, it's a mistake. What do they do? No, Ask for I, the money back? I will back? say, hold on, I will say, I will say, um, those games are contract are 
like they're not created by especially any of the things that have to do with video anything um are not are like contracted out to I mean, game make you know like game makers one of my uh like one of my cousins i don't know if he still works for th- this company but like a-, a while back anyway uh he was like showing me he he worked for this like slot machine company mm-hmm. and but it's like a video slot machine so there were like there was a, a game aspect to it oh yeah it was actually really fascinating um but like they create all the uh you know the the software and stuff so that sounds like a developer who screwed something up and then the casino who got screwed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was the, the machine manufacturer's fault. Either that or the, or the software developer or the, Oh, gotcha. Uh, because uh, you know, a lot of the slot machines now don't have many physical, like physical moving parts. The old ones do, but like a lot of the newer ones are just sc- like video screens. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Um, but it's cool. They, it allows them to like introduce these like actual skill-based parts of the games, um, which, again, plays into... I mean, it's actually dangerous for people who gamble because when there's a little bit of skill involved yeah. and you, are, you get good at that part, it becomes you free. feel accomplished and you, it gives you... Um, it gives you a little bit of the reward that you feel from a win, even though you haven't won anything yet, <laughs> um, which is interesting. Uh, that's fascinating science. But yeah. One more okay. um, aspect of games in Japan that I wanted to bring up. Wait, what about Purikura? That's not a game. It's not but a game. it's in the arcade. Yeah. Uh, come on. It's fine. Purikura. What are you, it's a photo booth. What do you want me to say? It's a photo booth that is the weirdest. Like it, if you. Oh wait, never mind. Uh, never mind. Let's talk about it later. Uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Sorry, sorry. I take it back. Okay. You're Tune in next right. time for the Purikura episode. That's not what we're going to talk about next time. Okay. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, I wanted to talk about like how this is less of a thing now than it was maybe. 15 years ago, but um, games in the popular culture in Japan are kind of ahead of where they are back home, I think. I, like I said, now that it's not so much now, but I'm thinking back to when I did my. Uh, actually, this is more than 15 years ago. <laughs> this is uh, getting on 20 years ago. When I did my homestay. Okay. And like, uh, I did my homestay. Uh, in Nagasaki, I stayed with uh, actually instead of a host family, I just had a host mother. She was like a single woman who just worked all day, so um, I would go out during the day, <clears throat> and then she'd come home and cook dinner for me at night, and that was cool. And we would talk like all evening about stuff. Mm. Her English was all right, and at the time I didn't speak Japanese really. But what I noticed was that like wow, people in Japan know like the average person in Japan knows a lot about games. And game characters, uh, and game series. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like back in you know, this is really far back. But go back to when Super Mario Brothers came out, which was what 1985. Mm, maybe yeah. In Japan, yeah, I think yeah. just about everybody knew who Super Mario was. Japan has a soft spot for mascots, though, don't they? That's true. But I'm just thinking, like at that time in the U.S., like. Only kids knew, and not even all kids. No. And I just thought it was really amazing that like one country could have this, you know, such a such a. I guess I like your way of saying it: a soft spot mm. for game culture compared to another country. And Japan is that country again. Like I said, nowadays it's a lot like games that are a lot bigger back home than they were. Yeah, and everybody knows who Mario is everywhere. Um, and I think there's just a, a ton more gamers now in America than there were. You know, like it's not just like peop- it's not just that people who aren't into games know more about games than they did, but it's like no, the amount, the percentage of people in America who are gamers or uh, you know play a lot of video games or play at least some video games um, has like I feel like that's risen. Yeah, because like yes. our generation's grown up and had kids, right? And, exactly. Yeah. yeah, spread the good word. Um, 
But like, yeah, I don't. Besides, if you cut out mobile games on cell phones, right? which you shouldn't, by the way, because that's where all the money is now. It's true, but um, it's a. I would say that mobile games are not as connected a culture. No, they're you not. Know, like, it's not like a, like, like a, people don't sit around and talk about the mobile game they're playing that often. No, uh, I think if you have friends who are into mobile games, that's what'll happen. All right. Well, it's not. It's not part of culture that I'm in, and therefore it is useless and meaningless to me. Um, <laughs> so I was trying to be nice about it, but um, but like if you if you cut out mobile games, right? I don't know actually that many i don't have that many japanese friends who play video games oh eric i totally understand like you know what i mean like i don't know a lot of people with a playstation 4 or an xbox or a or anything now now, switch might change that right because it's kind of crossing the gap but like you know there were a bunch of kids in japan with a wii or a wii u because they're kids but I don't know a lot of adults in Japan with, you know, either a PS4, Xbox, or or uh, Wii U. Like I know of people with them, but like right. my friends, no. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. Wait. I'm missing the connection with mobile games. So I, I have. Say, yeah. I just. I'm just get just getting rid of mobile games because everyone plays mobile games on the train. Oh, so it's like gotcha. Not okay. A fair. Right, yeah. But like in terms of like you go home and you're relaxing and you want to play a game. I don't think that's a lot of people in Japan right now. Ah, uh, it's more than you think, though. Yeah, because I think there's it's always because, people you know, yeah. and you don't know that they play games, and then you find that's out. That's true. That is fair. That's what I mean. Like, I know lots of people that play games, but like my Japanese friends who I hang out with, they don't play games. They'll okay. play mobile games though, but they don't have like a console or, and especially PC. That's another thing I find weird about Japan. PC gaming is not a thing. Well, PC gaming is for losers anyway. So well, I mean, but it isn't. Like, it's a huge, <laughs> so huge like thing, like, back in the West. Like, building your own PC and PC gaming is, like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a totally. thing. Yeah. But Japan, like, nope. Eric, I get it, by the way. Like, I don't play games on my Mac. Partly I mean, because I, I have was, games you know, Because it's a Mac. Mouse. No, shut up, Matt. It's <laughs> 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 not why. It's because... But it is. Gaming it, and Max just don't go together. No, historically, no, 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 that's, no, no. that's not what hold on, hold on. The reason why is it's a fucking pain in the ass to play games on any type of PC. I mean, it's a lot easier on a Mac than it is on a PC if you're not into hassles. But, but, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like edging to, you know, be like, oh, I have like the most absolutely perfect graphics for this week. And I had to work. 30 hours on this box to make it do the thing. No, fuck you. Go away. I, here's a box. It'll work for six years. Great. Buy a new box. If you think the like the game culture on Max is bad now, you no, should have seen it 20 the, years the, ago. The oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when Quake came out for Mac, I couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah. it's a miracle. Um, gentlemen, uh, I need to wrap up. Well... <laughs> Then I think it's time for do this. By the way, I'm going to make a do new this. do this intro music, I think. I haven't I don't really like the one I made. I'm going to huh? I love the one you made. I'm going to make something even more cheesy. Look forward to that next time. Okay. Um Eric, do you want to go first? Yeah. Can you guess what mine is? Uh do I have to? If guess? you come to Japan, go to Purikura. Oh god. Cuz it's fucking awesome don't let the pink scare you away or the uh, giant eyes or the signs yeah, that say hilarious. no single men first allowed. of all first of all yeah go with someone who knows how to do purikara and get drunk before you go and it's going to be a great time and you'll walk away with a wonderful souvenir all the machines make you look like a girl they don't make you they make you like an alien yeah but you also can change some of the things i dude i'm black imagine what like they have like all of them are set to lighten your skin because Japan's weird about that. Um, like, I look like a monster when I'm done there, and it's hilarious. They make you look like, um, uh, I'm going to guess that you look like Maya Rudolph. I don't know who that is. Oh, <laughs> she's a light-skinned black woman with hair similar to yours. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like, so the thing is, all right. It, Hold on, is, is Maya Rudolph booth? black? I don't even know. <laughs> uh if you can't tell them, the answer is yes. Um, 
according to culture and whatever. doesn't matter. Um, the thing I was going to say, right. So, yeah, Purikura is a photo booth, but uh, you can draw on it afterwards and have all these weird stamps and put weird effects on it. I know this is sounding a lot like Snapchat now that I say it out loud, but... Um, That's what it is. It is, right? Yeah. But it's like you and your friends trying to pose and make silly things, and then there's... It's not really a game aspect to it. There's a time limit on how long you have to like put all the different effects and choose how you want to lay things out, and then it prints out a bunch of little photos, like like a photo booth would, you you know, and you can cut them up and keep them, and and they uh, print out on stickers so you can stick them to things. Like back in the day, I would stick them to my cell phone, and. Uh, and the ones you don't stick a, to things, you'll put away somewhere in a drawer, and then years later yeah, you'll find yeah. them loose, lying around, like getting making a big totally mess brown. in the drawer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, it is a silly, fun thing to do in a ma- in Japan if you're, especially if you're visiting, right? If you live here, you it is a good souvenir. What? It's a good souvenir. It's a great souvenir, and it's a silly good time. And again, be drunk because it's way more fun when you're wasted. Yeah. Don't drink, kids. Disclaimer. Um, yeah, drink. kids are disgusting to drink. Maya Rudolph is mixed race. I just found out. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm black. mixed race, but like, I'm still black. Um, Matt, what about you? Uh, my do this this week is to wear uh, two pairs of socks when you're in bed. What? You're going to get yeah. sweaty feet, y'all. Yeah, what? I... Okay, explain. Because, I don't know, if you're like me, and I imagine most people, your feet always sneak out of the covers, yeah? Yeah. Always. Right. And then... On purpose. Not on purpose. Really? Your feet are trying to escape. Yeah, I can't sleep with my feet underneath the covers. Ah, see, I wake up. When my feet sneak out, and then they get cold, and then I wake up. So I wear two pairs of socks to create an air pocket and keep my feet warm, even <laughs> yeah, when they pocket. decide to peek outside. Wait, so, but you're tall and a little bit thin. So I'm wondering if it's like a circulation thing for you. Well, there's a reason they call me Mr. Warm Hands. That's true. Because I am Mr. Cold Feet. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> okay. Because I am... I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I so I the idea of putting on socks to sleep uh, is terrifying to me. Like I, I terrifying? Really? You yeah, don't no, have bed I, socks. I, if I if I'm too hot while I'm sleeping, I have nightmares and uh, oh, I'm always too socks hot. Socks on baby. my feet would definitely do that. I don't know about that, but I can imagine myself waking up with those socks having been flung across the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what would happen. But try it. Try it. Two socks. F- four Maddie socks. Two socks. Can, Can that be that. your rapper name? Yeah, Maddie Two Socks. Yeah, <laughs> MC Two Maddie Socks. Two Socks. <laughs> Mr. Warm Hands. Maddie Two Socks coming to you. Ch- yeah. Sorry. Um. <laughs> uh, all right. Do this, everybody. Um, first of all, another disclaimer: ramen is not good for you, <laughs> but but it's so good for you. <laughs> <laughs> ramen is bad for you. I don't eat ramen every day, but when I do. <laughs> I eat tomato ramen. Oh, God, it's so good. Um, and if you're local, there is a chain. It's a not a big chain, but there's a, a tomato ramen restaurant called Tayo no Tomato. Um, in Shinjuku, there's one in the uh, Milord department store. And uh, it's tomato-based ramen um, with kind of Western toppings like eggplant, um, clams, and then... Cheese sometimes. Yes, cheese. Cheese ramen is pretty good, and there uh, and there are a lot of. I know a lot of people who get really mad at tomato ramen. They're like, "It's not ramen. It's it's breaking the tradition." It's like, yeah, but have you tasted it? Like, it's probably not ramen. Okay, whatever. It's amazing. It's a bowl of noodles in a soup. It's ramen. Yeah. Anyway, those purists are ignoring the fact that ramen changed when it came from China to Japan. Japan so you could say that yeah. ramen isn't ramen, but um, tomato. And actually, have you had Chinese ramen? It's mm. Not that good. Not that good. It's all about the noodles in China. They don't give a shit about the soup. 
And here, here's the thing, though. Hold on. I love how people in Japan will still bullshit like the noodles are the most important thing to them. Um, like the flavor of the noodles is the most important thing. What? You can't taste those noodles. The no, flavor of the flour? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? No, the crazy. texture of the noodles? It's the gotcha soup. On that. Japanese that. care about the soup. But, like, it's the soup. Yeah, it's, that's what the noodles taste like. It's an amazing soup with, with things that you can chew on in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you go to Tayo no Tomato, get the uh, cheese ramen and get the cheese gyoza. Oh, which, cheese gyoza. Oh. Yes. Fried gyoza with change melted pants. cheese in them. Your heart will look at you disapprovingly, but your stomach will say thank you. I love you. Oh. I love you. <laughs> I love you, Jesse's mouth. Mm-mm. All right. Thank you for listening to this anatomical episode of Ikinari Podcast. See you. Bye.